Welcome to another episode of Pardon the Apocalypse. And today I have with me Alfonso. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. The phone has been around for more than 140 years. And people have grown up their whole lives being able, being able to trust the other side of that line by just who we hear on the other side. We know who that person is. We know their voice. We can trust that, that phone call. That is no longer the case. Imagine you get a phone call early in the morning and you pick up the phone. The first voice you hear is your daughter's voice. She's screaming, I need help. She's screaming. And the next thing you hear is some other person's voice saying, hey, we have your daughter, we got her in a van, and you need to send money now or bad things are going to happen. Could you imagine how most people would react in that situation? Yeah, that is a scary situation because... If you're getting a call 1 a.m., 2 a.m. in the morning and uh, a family member is in trouble, the first thing you want to do is to help. And that is a scary thing because you are thinking that person needs help. Absolutely. I mean, the, the last thing I'm thinking is, is this legitimately their voice unless there's an obvious tip off? But if you, know, you hear their voice. But, but that's the thing. You're not going to even consider it a scam. Yeah. Especially if you know that person probably is out with friends or on vacation or uh, doesn't le really live in the same city. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If it's their first year off at college, every worst fear as a parent is jumping in your head. And I know everybody says that they would jump into action and be real cool, calm headed and just execute perfectly if, in those situations. But, you know, watching YouTube when unexpected things happen weird things happen. I was watching a YouTube video where a man was fist fighting with a guy with a knife and you would think people around them would be acting like logical beings. But no, some lady crossing the street walks, tries to walk between the man trying to stab the other man who's trying to punch him back, which just goes to show that there's so many situations where we think we're going to be cool, calm headed. That's simply not the case. And when it comes to these AI super scammers with all these deep fakes, if we hear our child crying, you know, are, we're probably going to act a lot like these other people. Just we're not used to that situation. Yeah, that's true. Think about it. Most people don't have situational awareness, even in their own personal lives or just in their own personal life going from day to day. They have no situation awareness. And that is very important, especially in this day and age, because you can walk outside not paying attention. Someone can be just also driving, not paying attention, and you get hit. Or you can go into a supermarket, and there's expression in Texas a couple years back, there's some shooting in the supermarket. I'm a, I'm a concealed carrier. I always carry my gun with me wherever I go. I travel all over Kansas and Oklahoma. I never leave my firearm. And I'm always aware of my surroundings, and I... Also, um, look at other people's behavior, their movement, see where they're going, what they're doing. I'm always aware of what's going on around, around me because a lack of situational awareness is very dangerous. I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, so if you see that sketchy, weird, odd behavior person not responding to logic, just sporadically lashing out at people, yeah, people need to watch out for those kind of folks. When I was in college, I was playing basketball and I was riding in my car with one of my teammates 
and we just pull up to a stoplight and I pull up a little bit close to the vehicle in front of me. And the guy in the passenger seat, my teammate, just asked me, well, what the, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, um, I, I don't know what, what, what I do. He's like, you, you pulled up too close. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's a little close. It's like, if this guy gets out and he's going to cap you, where are you going to go? And I look and I'm like, you're right. I, I've got nowhere to go. I can't pull around him or nothing. He's like, yeah, you need to be ready to, you know, either pull out this way or run him over. And I'm like, you got a point. And where I grew up, that wasn't such an immediate concern, but in a lot of places, you know, and even at the town I was at, I was at the time. Yeah, that was a big, that, that would have been something useful to be aware of. So for me growing up in Jamaica, um, being aware of his surrounding is, if it's a life-saving. For instance, I am not a, I, I don't like going to places where a lot of crowd. And Jamaica is a very a big party country because it doesn't matter where you are it, on the island, there's some event going on. And I remember um, I went to this event, the street event, and uh, I w was there with a couple of friends. I, honestly, I didn't want to go or anything like that. But whenever, whenever I go anywhere with a lot of crowd, I, what I'll try to find a place where I can put my back to the wall. I can see everything. Okay. Even here now, it's just like a habit. I always keep my back to the wall and observe everything. Nothing that happened there. It was just like partying, but just it's very uncomfortable for me to be in a, it's, it's surrounded by just a lot of people. So if you go in a restaurant, you're going I mean, for the gunslinger's position. Mm -hmm, you're going right. to sit where you can see the doorways and everyone coming and going, basically. Right. Mm -hmm. that's, that's a wise idea. Yeah. At, at least somebody's watching. Yeah, and a lot of people just go through life just without care. Or it's just, I, I, I just can't do it. Growing up in Jamaica, Jamaica, it has its good and bad with more, more bad than good. And you have to always be aware of your surroundings. That just growing up just does, you have to just be aware of where you're going and your escape route if you need to get out. Oh, absolutely. And I remember when I first started going to bigger cities and some of the people explaining to me, like, hey, that crazy person outside the gas station yelling at everyone trying to get money out of them. You know, you basically got to yell back at them and buck back because if you're someone who just wilts or tries to ignore them, you're just becoming a bigger target every second you do that. And, you know, being polite, well, that's not going to cut it either. But it, it was an interesting learning experience for me. I'll say that. You know, didn't want to be a jerk, but also you got to know when you got to get loud. But going back to some of these these deep fakes, you know, they're just getting better every single year. I know NVIDIA, one of the companies that makes the hardware for a lot of this AI, they set a goal. They want to make their hardware a million percent better in 10 years. So whatever you see now with deep fakes of video, audio, or any of this, it's just going to get incredibly better. And it's just going to open it up to a lot more people. Actually, I've seen that getting better within the next five years. I'm not giving it 10 years. Not giving it 10 years, Because yeah. um, technology has been rapidly advancing to a point where in the, within the next, I would say, less than five years. For instance, OnlyFans. I don't know if you know this, but a lot of OnlyFans models are not real girls. 
Oh, that's interesting. Most of it just other guys using AI generated images and just making money from it. And I think I saw before they pulled some of the AI, it was just a bunch of dudes or well, lowest paid workers willing to work that were texting, pretending to be said person. And now I guess you just don't have to have a building full of people with phones. Now you can expand that out infinitely. Right. You could have and 10, then thousand. And then chat if you bots. integrate chat, yeah, chat bots with it, with that, they can pretty much, you have, you have a free, basically free, um, free labor, free labor and, and money coming in with, with little effort behind it. Pretty much. Oh yeah. And yeah. I think you, I think you might've been hinting at the one too, where that one only fan star, where they right, just yeah. did the, mm -hmm. the test you're referring that they're replacing the chatbot text with actual voice. Yeah. That has, it sounds natural. It has mannerism. And it what, learns what it? from. It, Help me with that word, man. Is it mannerism? mannerism. And it learns, it learns from the, the interaction with the person on the other end. And it's so good. You cannot, you cannot tell if it's a AI or the real person behind it. So it's already conquered the Turing test mm -hmm. for money, right? which is probably the ultimate test that if you can get money out of someone. So for instance, when they did it, um, they didn't expect it to be so um, overly sexual with, with its conversations. And it wasn't in the program. It just basic, it should be like a basic conversation. But when the other person on the end push it, it learns from that and it interacts accordingly. Oh, so we're... We're the bad ones with the, uh, the dirty mind Pretty driving much, yeah. the, the AI to be a dirty mind. And yeah, I think, uh, Bing had a chat bot that people were trolling it repeatedly and took it in excessively crazy situations where you could think of the worst things ever said in a call of duty, uh, lobby. Yeah. All of those. And that's, much that's more. one of the one thing that I'm thinking Microsoft shouldn't have done is implemented AI in their, um, search in, in their web browser. Or sorry, sorry. They, they shouldn't have done that to me because people the human nature is to find something and it's free they're going to take advantage of it oh i'm sure they'll yeah, yeah. who can imagine and, how many ways and they'll manipulate eventually it. i seen it one or two things are gonna happen it's gonna either get better or they're gonna shut it down because it's just it, people no I, I, it's it to me it's like a double-edged sword it's good but it can be very dangerous as well yeah, it's going to be interesting how that shifts. I know a lot of people online were talking about how ChatGPT results were getting worse, and some people are questioning, is it them trying to box it in where people would try and jailbreak this thing to get better answers and maybe all that extra computational power trying to keep it from being pulled out of the safety context that it's in because people keep asking new, unique This This is what I think should happen with ChatGPT. Um, I... Just for reference, I'm a subscriber. I, I use ChatGPT for a lot of my stuff. And believe me, for I use it as a, more like as a personal assistant. That's what I use it for. And, and in that way, it works pretty well. So for instance, if I want to formulate a letter and or write something or script for one of my YouTube videos or something, I, I don't have to strain my brain just to figure out. I'll just give it a subject uh, and this, it generates whatever I want to make changes. That's it. Um, or if I, or writing a letter, tell what I, what I want the letter to be about, and it just generates the letter. 
So you're just not taking it verbatim. I think that's a mm. good thing. I can mm, imagine. No. I, yeah, I always double check everything, make changes to it and everything. Yeah. I can imagine some of the future generations or even some of the younger current generations just taking a lot of that stuff verbatim because I've seen some of them do that with technology already. Mm -hmm. So there was this article that I saw recently. I, I should have made note of that where um, it was a college graduation. And one of the, uh, I think it was a valedictorian um, said that most of the kids that are graduating right now didn't actually put in any effort. Everything was done by chat GPT. They're not interested in learning, just getting a degree. So in terms of, so what the, the, the process of going to school is more like, a, it, it was all the process of going to college more like, it's always been like a, a fun, just a, just party. A basically. social event. Yeah, yeah, you are correct. So with chat GPT, they can party and still have good grades. Man, that's crazy. Because mm -hmm. back in the day, it might have been the, you know, eat the rich East Coast trust fund kid who's paying right. some other kid to show up in class, and then mm -hmm. it probably evolved to he's paying some other kid to just be in the virtual classroom with the camera right. on him. And now, hey, the rest of us can be that spoiled, you know, rich East Coast trust fund kid and become terrible people as well. Yep. The thing is, is I see it in the next next five years, it's gonna be. Unless they can, I know they're trying to work on something where it can detect. Uh, so for instance, if you're, you're writing a, writing something for, for a college class, they can use it to, uh, to detect if it's what's AI generated or not. But honestly, I don't think that's going to work. Yeah, there's because, probably a lot going on there. I've seen a lot of them mixing different things. I know mm -hmm. one of the algorithms was looking at the, I guess the kind of the rhythm of the speech uh, AI can be awfully it's, consistent, but then you can have an AI that just yeah, counters that. It's not going to work. So one thing, there's this YouTuber that made a, a writing robot where he can um, sign his own signature. So he tested different, he took a, a script from GitHub because he was trying to write his own script and wasn't working as well. So he found a script on GitHub work pretty well so basically it will it just write the each letter of the alphabet so it can learn and write it over and over so the ai can learn from his handwriting and then they put it in honestly it was pretty good you couldn't tell whether or not if it was him actually writing it or well, ai impressive. was writing it. yeah i mean and that's that was always one of the bastions of knowing like hey this is someone is this this signature and you're saying that that's no longer the case and going back to you saying that them trying to create something to catch the AI that would never work. I believe it's, it may work initially, but AI is getting so good at it. If you can, for instance, if you're going to write a, write something for class and knowing that the teacher has something that can detect, you can say, okay, um, make it, um, not write in the style of, or something else, a mixture of different styles. To kind of mask it as, hey, right, this is yeah. actually, this is me in mm -hmm. disguise. Okay. So you're, you're kind of explaining, I guess they've been using adversarial networks to train the AI. So at some point to avoid the teachers, you know, one of those computer students could easily just write something, put it up on GitHub. Like, hey, here's an adversarial network that every time one of these tests, you know, comes back as flagging as AI generated, it gets input into the system and then it improves and learns from that. And that kid could make a lot of money making his own little website and be like, hey, mm -hmm. you know, easyschooling.com, whatever. And it would always be evolving to whatever the next and best thing is. And being it's an adversarial network, 
every single time someone gets caught, gets fed back in, it learns a better way to get around it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it, it's a, an AI arms race. And I, I think the kids are going to win on that one because it is hard to detect, you know, something like that already. Yeah, it is. It is pretty hard. And, and it's getting so good. It's like the only way I can see there's a, to get around that is um, probably go, going back into like 20 years ago. Someone um, under camera taking a test in a hall somewhere. Right. Yeah. So put everyone in the classroom and said, okay, I need to write an essay or write um, something and let them see, just see how well they perform. If, if you were my teacher, I doubt I would get my augmented reality glasses in with all of my uh, answers <laughs> well, have to check being everyone. fed Okay. You were in the glasses. Okay. Little team, let me see your glasses. <laughs> well, I think at, at some point, I think you're right. You would have to you know, scan them for electronic mm. devices. Like if they, like if someone's wearing a wire or something, they got mm -hmm. like something that'll check to see if they have anything electronic on them. That would be one solution. And I, I remember in college finding a pen on the ground and it had a little bit of a clear outside, but you could kind of see the little ink cartridge inside. Mm. And I'm thinking, oh, hey, free pen. And I start looking at it like, oh, look at that. Someone had taken a piece of paper and then printed all the answers for their test at mm. like point, like like three font or something. Mm -hmm. And when he slid it into this pencil, or this pen, I'm sorry, with the clear outside, you could read through it as long as your face is within, you couldn't really see it at all unless you're within a foot and a half of it. And then when you get your, your head within about a foot of it, you could read the answers on it. Mm -hmm. But if I held it, you know, about three or four foot from you, you'd have no idea this piece of paper was in there and you wouldn't, it would be hard for you to catch me. So they might even have to like literally hand you, you know, things like pens and whatnot and, don't allow people to bring in like duffel bags and back, but you know, you know how kids are, you know, when if you want to cheat, you bring in a whole bunch of other stuff, you know, to kind of clutter things up and, you know, sneak something in. Yeah. I think back in the day when I'm cheating, kids are cheating, they're more creative. Um, but now it's like, um, don't have to be because you just have so many options that make it easy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> I know, think about it, you, I wonder most of those kids during the cheating are where they are now. Um, I, I would say if you're that creative and cheating, you're probably doing, doing well right now. Oh, yeah. Hopefully yeah. they're mm -hmm. doing their own startup, building mm -hmm. something. I was going to say to your point on some of those real creative kids finding creative, creative ways to cheat and they could be doing well. I'd say I kind of feel bad for a lot of those kids because, you know, a lot of schools are just... A lot of administration, very few teachers, a lot of kids in a classroom. If you got like 35 kids in a classroom, that I could feel for the teacher. They just want kids to sit down and be quiet enough to where the other kids can get some work done. And I just don't think that's a natural state for a lot of kids is to be super quiet 90% of the day amongst all their peers because that, that would drive me insane as well. Kind of circling back to these. AI scammers. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what I was going to circle back to. Um, um, oh, which part starting with the phishing, there was a CEO that got scammed for. Was it the Johan? Something like that. Or maybe you you found one that maybe it was. Born. I think it was. I think it was a. I do, I was looking for the article, but he got scammed for billions, and uh, I think he ended up taking taking his own life or something like that. I was oh, trying to man. find the article just just to just to confirm that's that just yeah. It's like the old days when the stock market would mm. crash hard and people jumped out of buildings. Like, man, that's, that's insane. Well, and I've seen situations like with the uh, CEO, maybe it was Johan, I can't remember, 
But anyway, the bank was called like, Hey, we got an acquisition. I need you to send this money right away. This one was yeah, only I think 35 that, million. This one was Yeah, smaller, yeah I think that's, I think that's a one. Yeah. I think, I, I think that is the one. And it was the guy's voice was mm. the crazy part about it. So they trained his voice on it. And I believe there's a lot of, yeah, that just creates a big vulnerability. Cause if you think about it, you know, the CEO can authorize this stuff or any of these other people, mm -hmm. the chief financial officer, you know, both of them are on the, on the, uh, earnings call. Mm -hmm. So we have audio multiple times over on these people. They're doing interviews on TV. They got the earnings call, all these different places. You know, you can't hide their voice and even regular individuals. We're going to have something on Facebook or YouTube, you know, or maybe someone could even call you or I get us to talk a little bit about something. Maybe they're acting like something else. They get enough of that audio. They can train the AI and then they can call someone else pretending uh, to be us. Yeah. But a large corporation have checks and balances for a situation like that. So the, even if the CEO is the one that actually started the business, if you have a CFO, you put a CFO in charge, the CEO should, uh, should not have the ability to authorize any large sum amount of money without the CFO involved or an, um, somewhat, at least two to, two to three peers, um, person have to sign off on any large transaction. You're absolutely correct. Mm. There should be some safeguards in there. Mm. I mean, there's a reason nuclear subs don't launch without the second key and the right. launch codes and multiple people and many people who can call a stop to the situation. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, that, that was obviously sloppy business you know structure and execution yeah so if that really that. if that really happened the, the 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 ceo just didn't have his just i don't know is it didn't have if he's the one that's controlled all the finances that's just a terrible terrible move on his part oh yeah yeah that was and i think it was the bank that sent it but you don't want to yeah I, I love that my bank you know, sends me two-factor authentication, calls me, and does mm -hmm. all these extra things anytime I move more money than I actually usually move. So right. I, I do love that. I don't know that buying some, any, anything over $100,000, I believe, as a, I believe, a wait period. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, I think... I think there is anything of a certain amount. I know I'm not sure if it's a hundred thousand or more, but I know that if you want to withdraw a certain large amount of money, there's a wait period, at least uh, at least a few days, just to confirm everything, make sure everything is legit before that goes through. That's a good idea, and I like that they send you a text or some kind of communication saying, mm -hmm. "Hey, this was authorized. This will execute, and if this wasn't you, call us immediately." Right. And I think that is a big help because I think a lot of people just sat in silence while they're getting ripped off and they had no idea. So, I mean, I kind of think they should be sending you a text and email and, you know, whatever, and maybe even a call if they don't get a response back from you. And personal security. A lot of people don't really take stock on personal security. Um, in terms, I'm, I'm talking about online security, not, not physical security, but online security. Um, it's not like back in the early days of the internet. Um, everything has with, Fraud, scamming, and everything has gone so, gotten so bold, especially with AI involved. You have to take your own personal security, online security, take take into your own hands. They can't depend on a third party to be able to to protect you. Oh yeah, all the new vectors you know that are going to be opened up because scammers love texting because 
Well, if you text, you just need to know the written language of the country that you're attacking. And say, if you're scamming several different countries, yeah, I'd rather be texting because I don't have the accent to be from all these different countries and I just, I wouldn't be able to pull it off. So I kind of figure like with this AI, where if they can train it on some of these different voices or even train it on a voice from that country, they can scam people from all these different countries and they only have to really train one voice for every country. And and, it'll sound and, like and that is that true country. from, from personal experience. I've done insurance sales. A couple years ago, I went into insurance sales and call up the prospect, talking to them over the phone. It all, it never went well because the first thing is like, first of all, I kind of sound like I'm a scammer trying to scam them. I'm like, no, I'm trying to probably, oh, so what a, I do, more of a Jamaican voice right. so as opposed to what American. I do is said, okay, um, I'm just calling to con- call in to verify that you requested this information. I'm going to set up the in-person meeting. I'll come to you and uh, we can work out everything there. And that's how I try to get in. But even then, it just always never goes well. Unfortunately, people mm. have heard so many different foreign voices. And yeah, I, mm. that's, that's unfortunate because you know, I kind of wish you were my insurance salesman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Door-to-door sales is more like my thing. I just walk up and make an appointment and that's it. Or I was honestly, what I should have done though, I said 2020 is probably hired someone to do actual. Um, Some of the canvassing for you maybe? Yeah. Or the just, just a calling, just call and book the appointments and then I'll just run the leads. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, you got a cool, calm. But then uh, again, I was trying demeanor. to run that business by myself. I was just a one man just doing that by myself. I didn't have any support or anything. Although, um, it difficult getting started. yeah, my wife was, my wife was, just, um, was a social worker and, and she'll be gone most of the time. So, yeah, that is a, that is a tough, tough situation. You know, especially just starting off. So since the dawn of the telephone system, catfishing is that it's always been around. Okay. So in the early days of the phone, one other thing that got so um, prevalent is um, stalking. First, stalking. It, there will, it would be like the silent call. They'll call you and you just hear breathing in the voice and in, in the phone. Don't want to have on the other end just say anything. Boy, that'd be and, and they'll yeah, and they'll just constantly doing that. Then you have your stalking, you have your calling, and then it's it start off with scamming, and then you have the um, what you call the, the phone spoofing. Back in the early days of telephone, like back in the 80s, 80s, um, 90s. Back before people really knew, you know, that number coming in might not be the person I, it right. says it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no, no. It's spoofing. Like back in the day when they usually use like um, coins um, to, um, to pay, pay for calls. Oh, okay. Um, they will use a, a device. To scam the to scam the phone itself. So basically, instead oh, of the audio tones, yeah, the audio tone, yeah, the audio tones, yeah. Oh, uh, was it Wozniak and yeah, Johnson yeah, Steve, College Steve, yeah, Steve Wozniak did, did, yes, yeah, they did the the boxes. Um, there's other people that actually pioneered that. I'm not sure if it was Steve Wozniak. Yeah, I think you're, you're like they yeah. were selling them. I believe you're correct that yeah. they might have wrote read it in a magazine. Yeah, he, yeah, it wasn't one that pioneered it. Someone else did it. He just made it more popular. He was just someone riding on the, mm-hmm. the coattails of, hey, yeah. I can make money off this, mm-hmm. especially in college. Like, hey, I can make these cheap little boxes. Right. And to make free phone calls. Yeah. 
just basically, I would say that's just one form of birth of, I would say, um, modern day scamming or digital scamming. Oh yeah, definitely. And you know, it's probably just, but but before then you had mail, mail scamming, mail fraud. Uh, I'm not sure if it would use that term mail fraud for this, but you have mail scamming, they send letters, ads in the paper that weren't real, maybe get you to go to a location and then something terrible happens and they rob you or whatever. Right. Yeah. So especially in the newspaper, there was this guy a couple years back. It was like, I'm not sure what year, what time period, but it was more than 20 years ago. He got, he was answering an ad in the mail, um, like a dating, and he went to, to go on a date. In the voice, I think they called the person, the voice, the person said, okay, I need you to come into the garage, because they're getting ready to come into the garage. So I went to the garage. They say, they walked in and it, had, it was lined with um, plastic. Oh, and then he got struck in the back of the head, <laughs> and then he woke up and he's like the guy or another guy is standing over him and was going ready to torture him, but he managed to escape. And then uh, I, I think that he was probably the first or second victim, basically, but he escaped. So another person. So the guy's got a lifetime supply of nightmare fuel, right? Yeah. So another person actually answered that that ad but this this time the guy the actual um the killer was more planned everything out properly oh no so um so he i guess when he knocked the person out they actually tied actually tied the person on and killed that person so oh geez. yeah so it was uh yeah so that's one form of just uh i just just scamming basically or just definitely one of the the scariest and you know, obviously scamming them to get them to mm-hmm. that location. I mean, that's, that's crazy. Now, well, one of the things that I'm um, thinking about, even when I was, when I was, was reading that article, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, so you, someone, you, even if it was back then, you answer ad in the mail, they said, go to this house, go into the garage, lights are off. And you just walked in. Doesn't that sound weird? That does sound weird. And I guess, you know, moving it to more of a digital thing than versus the paper or on the phone, I know manipulators don't want a lot of people in the conversation. They just want you, you know, in that conversation with them because they can control the conversation and they can manipulate you. Where if it's too much in public, a lot of other people will be like, hey, that sounds kind of fishy, you know, and it will destroy their flow of trying to you know, convince someone of something, you know, evil to happen later. Just craziness. <laughs> I was going to say, with a lot of those different scammers, there's obviously a lot of kids pulling pranks on other kids with the catfishing thing, but it's really gone to a big financial place and worse. Mm. One, of the, one of the things that I've seen lately, well, the last couple of years, is Facebook scamming where you will get a friend request from someone and you thought that they were, because it happened to me, I thought this person should be already my friend request. Why is it um, I'm getting another one? So I accepted it because it was a client of mine. I was doing a, back in Jamaica, I did a, a network security audit for um, the company that it was on the board of. And I'm like, why is it? I thought we all did it. Because I'm with friends. Um, you haven't heard from him for a into, while. Huh? Yeah, I've heard from him in a while. Plus, um, I'm with, friends with his daughters, um, both of his daughters. One of them is an attorney that helped me out in a case back. In Jamaica years ago, and um, 
and his wife and just all, basically all his family members were afraid. I'm like, why is he sending me afraid? So I accepted it. I'm thinking probably probably got locked out of his face because I wanted to create a new one. And then he started asking me, oh, you heard about such and such and you should get into it. And I'm like, um, I think I'm already doing that already. And I and said, oh, we should team up. I'm like, wait. So I thought, stop for a sec and thanks. I double checked my list and everything. I actually called him and I said, hey, um, did you send me a friend request? And he said, no, I didn't. I'm like, all right, thank you. That's all I wanted to know. So I just start playing, make it just, just having fun with this person. <laughs> just, so you're just, you know, drawing him along and right, wasting yeah. his time. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I heard there's an AI uh, service out there where you can hand off some of this stuff where they'll purposely waste their time. I believe it's like a phone service and really? it'll take some of these AI, uh, these different scammers on the phone that you can basically hand the phone call off to the AI and the AI will be like, oh, I'm looking for my, my credit card. I just can't seem to, you know, just it'd pull all these different stories till the scammers realize that it's just a big time sink and they're trying to waste their time, which is almost feels like justice a little bit that they're wasting your time trying to steal your money. Like you can waste some of their, there's this YouTuber that I like to watch and it will um, bust cameras. It's just the scammers in India and they will uh, just use different, you just use different voices, it's good with voices, especially old people voices and uh, get them to get really pissed off. Then you hack into their computers, got all their data and just erase their computer. So it was, oh, it, wow. yeah, it's pretty hilarious. <laughs> oh man. I just, yeah, we're supposed to call the cops, but boy, that that just, just seems so satisfying. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it's satisfying to mess with them because we start messing with them, they get um, get irritated, and then their accent really starts coming out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I believe that. And I, I think it's 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 really concerning that a lot of these scammers, obviously, they're doing something that they couldn't do if they had much of a moral fiber in their body. And so you just see people getting attacked at their most vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Like you see some of these, these grandmas who are widowed, they're lonely, they don't know anyone, but then all of a sudden someone's highly interested in them around, around their right. age group and they're in some, the military doing some kind of special operation overseas, but they can't seem to call because, you know, it's a special operation and that would be compromising. So it's all this written kind of text with AI. You know, and I have seen that a lot. Um, so when I worked for, uh, worked at a Verizon retail location and I got a lot of elderly couple uh, or elderly come in and said they're getting um, calls, constantly getting calls from different people. And I actually spoke to one person that actually was calling from Jamaica. So I put on my Jamaican accent and tell him, don't call about this number again. And it was surprised that another oh, Jamaican was on the <laughs> yeah, That was the last, uh, yeah. last kind of uh, voice yeah. or accent he was expecting. Right, huh? yeah. <laughs> that was pretty you funny. You probably should have messed with him and be like, you know you just called your neighbor or something. You know, just see, if, like, see what his reaction was as he's checking the number. <laughs> and I, oh, I, and I have gotten calls as well. Um, since I've been in the U.S., I've gotten calls from Jamaica with, with a Jamaican number. A uh, Jamaican number popped up. And I'm like, I answered it because I still have family back home. And there was talking to scam, like, dude, not today. That does, don't call oh, this number. <laughs> you know, I, I feel for these, these grandmas and just other different people are just vulnerable. And, you know, how the story goes is they'll feed them like everything they want to hear. And then it's like, well, I need to get back to the U.S. or they need to come see them. And then they're saying, oh, well, just send me some money. And then it wasn't enough. Something else came up. They just, you know, the, the story just keeps going for them to keep sending money. They can't get to the U.S. to see them. They can't make a phone call to talk to them. And they'll even send fake checks 
to the victim, which obviously they can't cash, but it'll restore faith in them enough to where the victim will send them more money. And it's just, just despicable, really. Yeah, and I've gotten fake checks before when I was applying for a job on Indeed. Got contacted from a company. Uh, supposed to be a work at home, um, like a support tech. This, they sent me, went through everything, and it was just text. It wasn't a video call or a phone call. It was just uh, through Skype, message through Skype. I'm, I'm like, this is weird. So they sent me, mailed me a check, and uh, they said to just scan the check with my mobile app and deposit money in my account. So I'll look at the check for a bit. I decided, well, let me see what happened. So I scanned the check, nothing happened, didn't work or anything. So I decided, well, let me Google the company. No, let me Google the name on the check. So the name on the check on the company that I was applying for is two different companies. One is for, uh, uh, what you call it, a, a nursing home. And, uh, and Sounds I'm like, like a good front. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, this, I'm like telling me this check doesn't work. And they actually send me a second, they, they send, the first check they sent me was through email. They like this, photocopied it and sent it through email. Second was a physical check. So I took the check to the bank and said, hey, here, listen, I don't believe this check is real, but I wanted to verify and let me know if it's legit or not. So the clerk verified and said, no, it's not legit. And I'm like, all right, thank you. That's all I wanted to know. So I called the cops just to put in the record that this was fake. And the cops said, yeah, it's not, just destroy it. So I still played along for a couple more days with, uh, with, <laughs> with the other person at the end because I like playing games. Oh. <laughs> and they said, okay. And they told me that, hey, um, we're no longer going to need you for this um, uh, position because something else happened. All you have to do is um, when you cash a check, um, just send uh, to wire the money to this account and, um, and you can keep couple hundred dollars for yourself i'm like uh you know what this i'm not gonna play this game anymore i know it's fake and the company that you sent that you said it was from is like nothing because they sent two checks first two checks two different companies and i double checked both of those companies one was a nursing home the other one was some hardware or something and i got another scam job offer so i decided let me dig, dig deeper so i pulled up the they sent me to the website of the company just to think that the company legit. Website looked pretty good and everything looks legit. So I decided to do a, a DNS lookup just to see who the company is. And the company is only registered for less than a week. I'm like, yeah. So I screenshotted it, sent it, sent it to them and said, okay, can you explain this to me? And I'm like, oh, I don't know about this. I'm going to check on it. I'll get back to you. <laughs> so that domain name server lookup, it gives you like location and mm -hmm. I preacher all the really cool stuff where you can just find yeah, out where you can find out when it was registered who, well if it's if it's private it wasn't it wasn't private so i can see what country was registered in. it was registered um in india i believe um you can it's are you uh, saying that american companies usually don't register in india for their domain name no not necessarily if it's an american company it's going to be registered in america so just to say that if you get a if you're getting get a applying for a job online and if they're not talking to you face-to-face -face or a zoom call or even a phone call just an introductory and they're absolutely refusing anything of the sort of a right. actual physical phone call right and they're just like man that's outrageous and that reaction seems just fishy so mm -hmm. yeah i could see 
that would be a big tell. And always double check your the company itself. I check everything. I check company history. Um, who the CEO is, their address. I even Google the physical address just to make sure that's the actual address. Their DNS record. Um, how long the company's um, the domain has been registered for. And there's other. There's a lot of com- other website online. Uh, for instance, um, Uis.com. So yeah, Uis. Uis.com. Um, I use Uis.com to register. I'm start using yeah, that. yeah, to register my personal um websites because I have a couple websites. And you can do a um, domain name lookup. So when you go to whois.com and you type in a website name, and you type in a website name, um, it gives you how long the domain has been registered for, when it's going to expire, who owns the domain name. If it's a large company like Google, it's not going to be private. It's going to be They're registered on the alphabet. Public. Yeah, but if it's, uh, say, because um, there, there are perks in privatize your domain because you can steal someone else's domain so if it's private you won't be able to um you wouldn't be able to steal their domain as easy right yep oh okay and you can see if they can see it then they could you know look hopefully when it lapses they could steal that domain name right yeah comes available mm-hmm. i know a lot of people may not look as closely at some of this stuff as you but definitely we should start one of my biggest gripes, I used to work for a big corporation and they would use Outlook and we were expected you know, that, that every email, you can't trust it till you can verify that you can trust it. And one of my biggest gripes was I wanted to see where the email was from. I didn't want to just see the name. I wanted to mm-hmm. see the domain name. So right. it wasn't where, hey, this is that person I know. And then someone else just registered it under a different domain name. It should say so-and-so at, my com- at the company I'm working at you know, dot com and, so, and they might do it under Google. And my mm-hmm. gripe with Outlook was when I would open up the email, like I can't see the full name. So I'd have to click on something click on and then it, I yeah. still couldn't see it. And then I had to click on it again. I can't remember. It's like two or three clicks just to see the full domain name and like, Hey, I know this person. Yeah. yeah I can trust them. And the thing about it, it drove um, me insane because they I've, expected I've, me. To- I've gotten a lot of those because I always check every email to where it's coming from. And I've seen email coming from Apple. But it's like apple.something.com. I'm like, no, that's a subdomain. Anyone can create a subdomain. If you have your original domain, you can put, yeah. Yeah, you want to yeah, see the, the, the root domain. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so a lot of people see Apple and then they just forget everything else at the end and then start sending personal information. There's just Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's you're, you're right. That is frustrating. That, and that's where my frustration was. I just wanted to see the full thing and do my job. Because, I mean, for... Cybersecurity for the layman, I mean, that's one of the biggest tools is making sure, do I know this name at that email's domain address? Like, do I know that? If I don't, um, I can't trust that email till I can, you know, eventually get a hold of someone in person. Like, hey, can I trust this? And you know, it's just frustrating. It's the most important information, and they were hiding it a few clicks away. And I, I will give the, the company I work for a little bit of credit, the cybersecurity team would actually send us fake scam emails. And we were responsible for reporting each one of these. It was just one button click away, like, you know, report. But if we didn't report one and it got through, well, then it would send something to the cybersecurity team and they'd be like, hey, you need to go ahead and retake the cybersecurity, you know, education test again. I, I know with those automated little 
fake emails that they would send that we had to report. I had a boss just for the life of him. He couldn't seem to just figure it out. And you could tell him every time you need to be checking who this is from mm -hmm. and, and the domain name for that. And he just, he wouldn't do it. He'd forget it. Um, if you move stuff around on his desktop, it was like a, a lost cause, but the poor guy it was about every couple weeks. He's like, yeah, I got to go do the, the reeducation on the cybersecurity and be like, why? Like, well, I clicked the wrong email. Like he would, he would look at the emails. He would open stuff mm. on these fake emails and try and contact back the other part. Like everything you're not supposed to do. Like mm -hmm. he's, he, he was doing, <laughs> but yeah, it, it is kind of funny. I mean, some people are really into technology and some are not. I believe the, one of the most interesting things I, I, uh, someone saw him do was he didn't understand the forward button on an email, how you could send this email up to the next person. So, but he knew how to print an email. So he would print an email and then put it back on the, uh, scanning part of the printer and he would scan it. He knew from the scanner, someone had showed him how to send an email from the scanner. Cause you could mm -hmm. just plug in an email address and you could hit send. And so, yeah, he would, instead of hitting that forward button and then put in someone else's address, he would literally print it scan it and then scan from the scanner send an email basically just taking a the copy of it to someone else <laughs> and i mean boy um i i kind of feel i mean i laughed about it but i'm like well i really feel for the guy because i don't know what other technology uh workarounds this guy is having to do <laughs> i've worked with a lot of people who were technology inept i've worked with this guy that is he he was totally against us having a computer I was called in to upgrade um, this company back in Jamaica. They wanted um, to get to go everything computerized, and they had this older guy. He was one of the chief chief engineer because it was a, like a printing plant basically, and it was like one of the chief engineer who wanted to go everything computerized, and he was like against going computer anything, computer anything. It was just like stubborn, I'm written like, in analog all yeah. the way, huh? Uh, so, so I ask him, do you want to constantly doing the same thing over and over and just get left behind? Because one or two things are going to happen is either you conform to what's going on or they're just going to replace you. It doesn't matter how long you've been with the company, they will replace you because computer um, technology is getting so good that they can just get the dumbest people to run the machine and it will, they will outperform you any day. Yeah, I think that's the uh, Gen X revolution mm. in, you know, just in the market. You know, the boomers are all about, hey, things need to be done right and need to be done of absolute quality. And a lot of the Gen Xers got in there like, you know what? I can automate this to where I can have someone working for almost nothing. nothing and right. we can just yeah. pump out widgets like crazy. And that really did push the market along quite a ways. I mean, there was, yeah, the Gen Xers were a little more cutthroat in some of the I know back in the stuff, early days of computers, um, I believe in the 90s, like a computer got um, employer of the year, that article. I don't, I don't you know. You say if the computer it. did? Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, that's that, like when computer really started taking over. Yeah. That is, that is funny. That's mm -hmm. like AI winning art things. <laughs> right. Yeah. Imagine the next um, couple of years, you get AI is going to get employee of the year now. You know, and it's probably going to win some kind of creativity award too. It already did it. with heart, AI generated arts. AI actually, there's this AI that actually won and the guy that created it refused to take the prize because it was AI generated. That's crazy. I think I heard about it. Like his colleagues were all mad about it, even though he didn't take the money or mm -hmm. the you know, award. And, right. God, that's just crazy. 
even right now, Photoshop is in integrated AI. I'm I'm actually excited about that. Um, I need to check it out. Yeah, I've tried some of that. Mm -hmm. Some of the the fill stuff is interesting, and just the image creation is not bad. And I think one of the big things there's a lot of worries when it comes to commercial use, what the government's going to do. So if you have something where they own all of the images it was trained on, that means that you can legally use that in your commercial stuff without worry because they've already signed the rights over for all the images that it's been trained on. That means that you can use an accumulation of all those. Mm, so that but then again, it can use, use. So when you, but you can do that with just any AI gem, image generated, if it's been trained on stuff, they don't have rights to sell commercially. But there's a, there's, there's a, a, there might be some in question. There. There's a circumvent around that. So you can use the, so when you input an image, so a copyrighted image to generate image, then you can take that AI generated image, train a new AI to generate that image. And you can just repeat that process. Eventually, as long as the creativity, as yeah. long as it has its own level of creation and it's mm -hmm. changed enough. That's interesting because I talked to uh, someone who had talked to a lawyer where they created a mascot for like a local JUCO, just a little college. And they're like, hey, doesn't this this gopher here kind of look like the uh, the one at this bigger college? They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it's fine because it's it's about 15% different. And he didn't explain how it was visually 15% different. But they got away with it. I mean, the thing looked a lot like it, but it was yeah, probably about 15% different. And with some of this AI generation, like, yeah, you can create a, you, you can definitely alter that stuff 15% pretty easy. And any stuff is definitely changing it more than that. So, yeah, you, you're right on that. You know, kind of looking back at some of this catfish stuff, I think a lot of people are so excited to meet this beautiful woman or this hunk of a guy, you know, online that they've never actually spoken to that they're just willing to bend to anything that they're asking for. And they don't seem to think that, hey, this is awfully odd. This person who looks way better than me wants to have compromising photos, you know, mm -hmm. like nude photos of me or this or that. And people are really quick to give them up. But it, I think it rolls into this nightmare situation where all of a sudden, once those have been handed over, that other person is looking to blackmail them, saying, hey, if you don't want this stuff getting to your family, to your workplace, to all your friends online, and just your whole public image, you need to give us X amount of money. And, I, and the word that they've been trying to coin, I guess, is sextortion. But, you know, again, you just find where people are vulnerable and be like, hey, yeah, leverage the heck out of it. That's what the scammers are doing. Right. One of the, yeah, one of the thing that, that I haven't seen it happen yet, but I believe it's going to be happening pretty soon, is a, um, AI filters um, using, say, if you're talking to you on the phone, I can put on an AI filter like one of the drop dead gorge blonde and you wouldn't couldn't tell the difference with voice and everything. Oh, that is crazy. Yeah, yeah that's like that um with that OnlyFans gal with the, the voice and even the, the chat bar chat bot part had also been trained on how she talks and Yeah, but respond. instead of just instead but instead of using AI, you were just in front of the camera with the filters, with the voice changer and everything. Oh, okay. So you yeah. can just live feed yeah. it and it'll yeah. transform it into yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, that would be convenient because you could hand it down to the lowest trained of scammers. Mm -hmm. like you could train You're someone right. up on yeah. how to handle that system within a day and he's off scamming people in other countries. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's, that is that is just scary because, I mean, a lot of people will say, hey, I can figure out some of the AI. The voice is a little off or maybe the lips don't move with this or that when something's speaking or this thing has an extra finger in this picture. We got to remember how quick this has gotten here. And 
you know, like with hardware companies like NVIDIA trying to improve a million percent in 10 years, literally millions of minds thinking about this stuff and how we can improve this AI, it's, it's going to be gangbusters because this isn't just a technology tied behind one company with all of the patents. A lot of this stuff is out in the open and I'm surprised how quick the open source community is just running all four, you know, all cylinders, just yeah. chugging along. Especially um, GitHub is a, is a gold mine of open source um, AI um, programs. Anyone can just go down and make a copy oh, and yeah. just run it locally. You're right. I mean, we're not these individual islands of knowledge because, I mean, Steve Jobs and Wozniak, I mean, they met themselves in person, but if they never met themselves in person. Steve Jobs would never have been able to leverage Wozniak's knowledge of hardware or just expertise with. I mean, the guy just was a perfectionist. He spent a couple of weeks just trying to make something slightly better design-wise, mm. which most people would never have noticed, but he knew, and he just put a lot of love and sweat into that thing. But yeah, I mean, with GitHub, I'm benefiting from people across the world giving us information that, like, hey, you just download this and run with it. Yep. The next five years this is going to be a breaking point. It's going to be the, it's going to be like a cliff, I'm basically going over, going over the edge. By, I'm thinking by 2028, that's going to be the shift for a lot of stuff. I, I think you're right. It is kind of scary how many of these tools synergize with other tools. And even when it comes to designing a chip, I don't think people realize when all those little traces need to be, you know, put in a p most optimal place. We have computers and AI telling us where to put these things. And, and it's more of a cyborg, cyborg system where you have one person kind of guiding it a little bit. But, you know, just a lot of these traces are just being put out there by AI. And so it helps make the chip better. And then that feeds back into better AI running better on the chips and all these different things, they improve each other. One other thing that I'm, I'm experimenting with is a um, program that's called, it's called uh, Flux AI. So what it does, it's, it helps for people in electronics to design circuitry. I'm kind of experimenting with that at the moment. So for instance, you design a circuit and you're not sure what, you want the circuit to, to perform a certain task, but you're not sure what uh, microchip you need to use or the resistor value you t tell it what you want it to do, and it will tell you what resistor or chip you should use, and you put it in place. So it's using its trained knowledge to look at, hey, these are the power needs that it needs to fulfill in these places. So across these different places, it needs so much delivered, it needs so much resistance to right. protect these other components. And that's that's interesting. So that's something for the startup or just the individual mm -hmm. could use. So, I mean, that, I mean, I don't, like I was talking about those chips, you know, the AI designing the traces out on some of those chips. Like I, I don't work at NVIDIA or AMD. So I mean, I don't have access to any of that software, but this is, you're saying this is something the public can just yeah, play around with. I'm thinking it's going to go to a point where just the layman can just go and put, tell it the, the AI, I need a circuit that can do this. And it just generates everything. Kind of like I ask it to write me some code and it right. gives me the full thing. Mm -hmm. God, that's crazy. Cause I have had it write me an app before. I'm like, this is really good. Yeah. I've used it. I've used it to write a lot of apps and just to, just to, I've even used it to write songs. I've used it to, to generate songs and give me a chord progression just to see and tried it out. And 
But yeah, definitely. These things are just getting bigger and better. I saw there's one of the chat GPT, well, everything's getting bigger and better. I saw there's a large language model being developed by Microsoft. So the context window is how much stuff you can ask it. Like you pump in a, a piece of code, be like, hey, fix this piece of code. And then how much can come back out of it. <clears throat> and this has been a limiting factor for a lot of different things. Because you can't just hand it a book and say, hey, rewrite this entire book because that's one big context window. But they, they've come up with something where the context window will be closer to a billion tokens. So you could literally pass in a book that's you know a few hundred thousand words and it could kick out that book. So this is going to get impressive. This is just something that they're coming out with. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I know it should as a knowledge of books. You can say, okay, give me a um, synopsis of what this book is about. And it just tells you. Yeah. Yeah. I found that pretty, pretty handy. And I was listening on some of this stuff where it can recreate voices. I believe that different artists, for instance, there's one artist who's a, I believe one musical artist said that you can use her voice AI generated in a song and you can make money off this song. You just have to give her part half. of it. Yeah, that's a good idea. I know this other artist told, um, said anyone that uses his voice is going to sue them for it. But I'm like, that's a good idea. So use your voice. You get a percentage of the cut if it goes. You got a yeah. unique voice mm -hmm. and just a lot of stuff that can be trained off. If you've got a lot of previous work mm -hmm. already. You might not have to work so again. One, one of the because I'm I'm big into music. I've been doing music production for, mm. well, over a ten years experience in music production. So I'm not sure if you're if you're into anime. I watch some anime. Okay, so there's this anime on Netflix, no, called Carolyn Tuesday. Uh, the premise of of that is that it's in the future. Everyone, most of the population lives in living on Mars, and these two girls. But their music in the society, uh, music is generated by AI. Everything is done by AI. And just that, that possibility of using AI to just generate, just to get the voices and generate music that gives you emotion and drive and everything. I'm like, you know what? I can see myself using that technology. And right now we're on the cusp of doing that. Right now. Yeah, I saw there were some songs. Like I think there was one that was pretty high on the charts and then they had to kick it off because it didn't have permission. But I believe there's an, you know, another one where this, you know, kind of like with that one lady who said, yeah, I'll, I just need a, a cut and we're all good. And I think she's taken the right approach with that being that she's working directly with the other person producing the music. My fears would be sort of like some of the artists of the past who had signed with a big label and they just regret that decision later. Just like when Napster came in the, in the nineties. All of the record recording companies were pissed off about it because they're, they're, they were losing money. So instead of just being pissed off, just join the game, create your own platform and sell your own music. Just make it like as now, convenient as the download yeah, software. Yeah, make it convenient. And right now, everything is to a streaming, streaming um, subscription model right now. Instead of the buy music, you just pay for the streaming service. That's where it's going to go with AI-generated voice for artists. Um, hey, you cannot stop. You can sue as much people as you want but eventually you just have to just you know what instead of fighting it just join it use my voice give me a cut give me 20 percent, 30 percent, and make you money yeah i think that's mm. way better yeah because with those big labels 
you know, a lot of people have regretted their decisions later. You know, uh, Prince wasn't allowed to pump out his music. Like the guy was really talented. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, you know, he could just pump out music, but they said, oh, no, no, you can only put out so many different albums yeah. in a year. And yeah, because he, they want to control what goes out. Yeah, they, they want yeah. to control the whole landscape of it because if he's pumping out a bunch of music, it might hinder some of the other sales and they may only have so much money or space, ad space to pump up so many other different artists or who knows what their reasons were, but they were not allowing him to kick out as many albums as he wanted. And so that's why he got in that whole situation where he created a symbol that actually doesn't have a known pronunciation for it. So he just became the artist formerly known as Prince. And they couldn't come up with a pronunciation for it because, well, if he never told them how it's pronunciated, then he's misrepresenting them. And I don't know if that's, you know, grounds for suing him or not, but it was, it was kind of hilarious with the whole thing. But I think, yeah, she's going the right route with allowing, working directly with these other people. And I, I do worry too, though, as some of these different stars age and some of them are going to be selling their, their voice and their likeness and their image. So Hollywood is currently in the process of experimenting with AI characters using actual people just to generate their features and just use their likeness basically for voice future, mannerisms for, the way yeah, for future movies and i have mixed feelings about it but because you can decide you know what i'm everything's going to be generated ai is going to generate everything so only th- only person going to make money from it is the studios the studios god that's crazy and that mm. scares me too because only with those music artists who when they were hurting for cash and they gave up too so much value that's for where, too little money. That's where actual creativity, creativity would actually have to come in. Because in order to come back to beat that, you have to be more creative than the AI itself. That's good. Yeah, and that would be a scary thought too, is if say you sign away your image and likeness to where someone else can use it, you know, infinitum as much as you know they want, that would be a scary thing competing against yourself. It'd be like, you know, if you ever fought your older brother when you're a little kid mm-hmm. it's kind of crazy it's basically almost the same genetics but just older and stronger but think of fighting an ai you know it has all the same mannerism speech patterns and you know even some of the you know the jokes would be probably one of the hardest things but you know voice wise you have an iconic voice like boy it could steal your voice and your voice doesn't have to be whatever age you physically are for the ai it's whenever it sounded the best. Right. And yep. it could be kicking out ones from like, hey, or this you, is when you sound old, this is when you sound or you young. Or you can and combine different, different voices to create something totally unique. Oh, yeah, I could combine it with other artists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe you're in one type of music and it could, you know, all of a sudden your voice could be used in country, rap, rock, mm-hmm. and all these different th- things that maybe you've never sang in and you just don't have that, kind of expertise and experience doing, well, yeah, the AI can jump, you know, from genre to genre without much issue. It, they have your voice. And, you know, I'm just afraid people are going to sign away their likeness for too little instead of saying, hey, every time you use it, I get paid. They might just say, hey, uh, give me a few million and I get all of your likeness for life, whatever I can produce with it. And I think that can be a terrible situation for a lot of these folks. You know, looking at, do you own your image? I do worry about, let's say, you know, if you have a a daughter and if someone out there, say, makes some not safe for work material and they paste her face on it. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's a disturbing 
thought. It has. It it is is it's it happened. It, it has happened to, to a lot of people. Oh yeah, it's one. It's but still one happening. of the one of the next thing that is that if you find say a talent scout, see someone pretty pretty attractive person, and then said, okay, I want to lease or buy your likeness. Like you just three D scan them and three D scan them and say if you want to buy or lease your like say lease your likeness for X amount of years, and or if you want to buy if they buy it basically, you're basically giving away yourself. So might as well lease it. Yeah, and that yeah that AI version it doesn't have to age. Right, I'm yeah. aging. You're aging. Mm-hmm. We're all aging. Right, Not the AI it it looks whatever people are uh, most attracted to. It stays exactly that age. Mm-hmm. So. And it could be multiple age. You could have, you know, they could even have like movies where the same actor could be talking to the same version of themselves at different age times and whatnot. It's really kind of unlimited. And, you know, with some of this stuff, I think it's kind of creepy. Like if really this stuff is just going to keep improving and getting better and better with augmented reality, a lot of people might say like, oh, hey, look, I can see my, in real life, I can look through the screen and see a Pokemon over there and I can go try and capture it. Like, hey, that's kind of fun. There's a, I see like the real grass over there, but then it's digitally inserted a Pokemon on it. I'm afraid with this type of technology on the augmented glasses, someone could create a, you know, quote unquote, X-ray vision app where if they're walking down the street, all the other different people, they could literally replace it's in their vision, like their a clothes filter. to make it's, them look, look yeah, naked. It's just like a filter, basically. Yeah, it would be yeah. a, a filter mm-hmm. and it would be so fast it could do it in real time and you know those people obviously wouldn't be consenting to such a thing but it's it's really kind of creepy what's going to be possible when we see a lot of different things like this that make people feel uncomfortable i can trust the politicians to take action i just can't trust them to take the right action i just i can already see now there's going to be this for the children and it's going to act like they're solving or protecting them privacy-wise, image-wise, something like that. But they're just going to take, it's going to be a big power grab. And it's going to be worse for us in the long they're run. They're only going to take action that benefits them, not society. Y- you are correct. I... Just like um, personal protection, you can't depend on anyone else for your protection but yourself. Just like uh, society can depend on, on politicians to take care of you, but you take care of yourself and take care of your family. So I've never been a big thing of uh, depending on other people to do things for me. I'll try to do everything as much as I can do for myself. Yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, independent people, they're better to hire into your business, better to depend on. And, you know, I think when it comes to to voting, a lot of people who are just way too dependent on everybody else, they're so willing to give up power and just for a little temporary safety. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of where you create the environment where a tyrant can come in and seize all power because eventually you'll be like, you know, I need a little bit of safety here, a little bit of safety there because I want to manage anything myself. And I'll just keep giving all this power to these politicians on the top. And before we know it, we have a tyrant or a, or a king. And that's unfortunate, but that seems to be the way a lot of societies eventually, eventually move. Speaking about a lot of these politicians, I think it's, it is quite hilarious looking at some of these deep fake created videos and images where you have the, 
the Pope with all this drip on, or he's just this yeah, I've cool seen that one. That's pretty white cool. <laughs> jacket. Uh, you got Trump getting arrested. You got all these other politicians doing this and that. And there's even one you know, with the war there in Ukraine. Zelensky is on video. It's obviously a deep fake. He's saying, we need to lay down our arms. You know, we're done, yada, yada, yada. We lost. And obviously it's fake, but it's just, you know, in war, you, you know, the propaganda game. You know, the funny thing is if you watch the news on both sides, apparently both sides are winning the war. It's funny how that works out. <laughs> the thing about it, I've never been a, I'm not a fan of government trying to censor or control a lot of stuff. But when it comes to AI propaganda, there should be some kind of uh, control there. That's just getting out of hand right now. Free speech, I do believe in free speech and everything. But if you're going to be using free speech to... Uh, the best term manipulate control manipulate and control others i'm like no that's a no-no for me yeah i think that's pretty despicable i know a lot of the concerns with ai is that being at its training itself we don't look at every little line of code it's writing most of its own code mm -hmm. and that's a little bit scary to people they'll say hey this is a black box i know some of the inputs and create some of these outputs but I don't really know what a lot of this is doing. And there's a lot of stuff in there that could be And, they, and scientists have actually said that a lot of the stuff the AI is in, they have no clue what's going on. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They yeah. have no clue what a majority of that mm. code is doing. And I think it's scary. You have this black box technology. We don't know what it's doing. And then we have this part of the government, you know, the NSA, that we really have no idea what it's doing. Like, oh, hey, here's $6 billion. We don't know where that went or where a lot of these operations are, or them not wanting to turn over information for the what, what are the Freedom of Information Act and whatnot. So we have this black box part of the government. We don't know what they're doing, and they're, they're going to be using this technology that's also a little bit of a black box technology that they don't know what it's doing. Mm -hmm. Boy, this could just spiral out of control in who knows how many ways. So with every turn off a new technology that comes in that either pushes a society faster something else has to give that makes sense and i think you know, like one thing you might be alluding to is that you're taking more and more humans out of the chain for a lot of actions kind of like we have the little flash crashes for instance when the fake photos of the pentagon burning mm. it those instant cells were by bots you know you have thousands of bots acting super fast off each other and one bot sees another bot sell something and it has an algorithm that says hey if it's this extreme i react in this way and these things these flash crashes i mean sometimes they just have to stop the the stock market because it reacts so quick and there's almost no humans involved in those i mean there's just such a small percentage of it. it's just tens of thousands of bot transactions you know a second and it just gets kind of kind of nuts and if we don't have a human in there say well hold on here this doesn't seem logical and I, I believe the yeah, other was 500 billion drop in the market which it's great for the hedge funds because they're trained to make money off of volatility but that's just just nuts yeah we're getting fewer and fewer humans in the mix and sometimes having a human there is a is a good thing you know i can't imagine i believe there was a situation where a Russian, I think it was a Russian sub somewhere over by Cuba, maybe, or where their communication system had been damaged in some way, and they couldn't communicate with the, the motherland or whatever. And so according to the protocol, if this happens and all their fail-safes to communicate don't work either, they're supposed to launch, and the like nuclear <laughs> launch. And the great thing about it is 
this Russian broke protocol. He said, nope, I'm not going to just launch on the U.S. because I can't seem to talk to anyone. Because the assumption was that Russia had already, if he can't communicate with Russia, Russia's already been bombed to exi- you know, out of existence, and they, they're supposed to retaliate. That's part of their job. And boy, I'm glad that he didn't assume Russia was gone and just launched on us because we would have launched on them. It would have been, could have yeah. been. It wouldn't be good world. for anyone. Yeah. And I'm glad we did have a, a one human who could pull a safety stop and says, it's like, hey guys, this isn't a good thing. <laughs> I don't know if we should end the world, you know, on this one little protocol that, you know, someone wrote a long time ago. <laughs> it's just, just crazy. I'm thinking too on some of these. Uh, governments using this stuff for a lot of these false flag operations, operations where you have one of your people go behind enemy lines and act like one of them, do something to make them look bad, or even you might even shoot, you know, say a U.S. ship or a U.S. soldier or something to trigger a war, and you've basically falsely manufactured uh, a reason to go to war. And this stuff happens all the time. Like there's even some declassified documents, the Gulf of Tonkin, where may, you know, a lot of our own documents are questioning, like, did they really shoot on our ships first? And a lot of that's put in the question, but we know false flag operations happen all the time. And that one, like, you know, should we really have gone, did we have a justified reason to get involved there with Vietnam or did we just want to contend with the Russians, which looks like maybe we probably want to contend with the Russians. They say is going to make it a lot easier. Like we used to have boots on the ground, you know, someone would have to risk getting behind enemy lines. You know, someone, something might, someone or someone might need to be shot or blown up or this or that. With AI, we might be able to fake a lot more of this and just make it a lot easier. And even our enemies be able to do this a lot better. I know like the propaganda there out of North Korea, we're the evil ones probably eating babies and who knows whatever evil things <laughs> they tell us. But Think of that propaganda. You could produce that propaganda so much better with visuals and audio right. and everything, even on their budget. And people will walk lockstep, right? You know, with whatever you tell them to. And you won't know what to believe. I mean, politicians could get caught on video doing something and they'll say, hey, that's a deep fake and have plausible deniability. And uh, it's just. It's that gonna... is true. That is true. Someone can actually go do, go and do something and they said, no, it wasn't me. It was someone else who's deep fake. Yeah. And there's no way to, to fact check that. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. And I know, like, on a lot of these different vectors, you know, we, we soon learned, like, hey, with web pages, hey, I can't trust this unless I get the HTTPS, the secure on there. And I can't trust my email until I can verify who it's really from and a bunch of other different things. And with the phone, we used to, we're just so used to checking to make sure. You know, we just recognize the other voice on the other end, and that's not the case anymore. We just can't trust that anymore, and we can't trust all the other different things. I'm almost going to wonder if it's kind of like with web pages where to be able to trust these people, we'd have like a certificate from, say, Google or Microsoft, someone vouching saying, hey, this is actually secure, and if that certificate is old or not valid, then it wouldn't be secure. Do we need something for the phone system to verify who's actually sending it? Because, you know... IDs can be. I think the best way around that is using um, crypto-based blockchain. That'll be able to that will solve a lot of the issues. Oh, I'd like that a lot better than you know, like with the certificates, because even like with the the Stuxnet operation where they it was a virus that was just going everywhere across Microsoft systems. It had actual Microsoft 
certificates. Like, how did you get these from Microsoft? And so the thought process is U.S. government demanded these from these certificates from Microsoft so that they could plan this operation to destroy the uh, centrifuges over there in the Middle East that could be producing nuclear weapons. But, you know, I, I don't trust having all that security in the hands of just a couple big tech firms who at one point were saving passwords and plain text and things like that. Yeah, I, I like your solution where we could have something decentralized and we don't put all the power, you know, basically in the U.S. government's hands who can just, you know, basically twist these big tech firms' arms behind their back until they give them those tickets. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Okay, so for instance, um, Estonia, I think one of the first European countries that uses blockchain for everything in their society. Oh, for their, uh, their yeah. identity. Yeah. And it, it does everything, banking, identity, everything. So it makes it more secure. God, they're way ahead of yeah. us. It's not even And funny. they've done that. I think they, that came out right around when um, Bitcoin launched. Because the president of the country at the time was a big tech guy as well. And he saw the value of blockchain. So he decided to implement it. And that's a really good, that's a good move. That is crazy mm -hmm. when you actually have a leader who understands math and science. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at the difference from where they're, what, how their system works versus ours. And th th that's the nice thing about that blockchain is you can, you know, it's better to verify, don't trust. Right. And yeah. you can instantly, you know, with your key, just pull up something and yeah, I can verify, you know, are the funds they say here actually here? Like with the, the Pentagon, that $6 billion is somewhere. It's just not where we know where it is. But I mean, think if U.S. citizens could be like, you know what, I want to see where, if this funding is actually in the department that they said it is. And you could verify that. And, you know, there's different ways. You could verify your own vote got tallied where you said you voted. And I mean, it's not such a big deal here in the U.S., but I know in a lot of other countries, there's a lot of questions about, is this vote legit? Is this not? If every citizen could verify every other vote, right, yeah. but you could still hold anonymity for each individual. You know, and that's the great thing is without having to identify everybody, you can verify trust. That's what the zero trust system is about. And that is fantastic. It just, it seems awfully odd that we don't, I don't push think for that I don't think that, system. no, they're not going to do that. Because, well, I know the CIA yeah. doesn't want it because no. what if the guy we want isn't the most popular? And I think that's why we don't implement these. But I, I think we're, we're degrading trust at such a pace across the world that we're going to need to start doing things like these to gain that trust back. And we, we want to be the good guys again. I remember in watching in movies, like the U S was the good guy and I'm, we're just going to start being the villain in the movies. I don't like that. The thing is, is that most, most countries see the U S as a villain. That's, that's what they're looking at first. And that's growing our fault. Up, we're I, acting like the villain. Growing up, I see, growing up, I see, um, the U S as, um, the good guy. The, the, yeah. The good guy, the peacekeepers. That's how I uh, look at the U S growing up as peacekeepers. But now it's like, I'm like, what the hell is going on? What's, what's, what, what's happening to the U.S.? It's not the same anymore. Yeah, and I think some of that problem is just the unchecked power. We have all these different agencies where people are just appointed by the politicians, but everything's so far from the vote. Like, if you could vote in who are the leads of these different agencies, I think that would be a, a better system because everything is just becoming a big black box and you can't look into it. They won't even answer questions you know, truthfully to Congress. That's how bold these people are. And it kind of seems like they're running or, the show. Or, if they, or the, the answers that you get is so shocking at times that they, they 
You almost can't believe it. Yeah, they, they'll just tell you exactly what they're going to do. And I'm like, are you serious? Oh, yeah, they'll just say the quiet part out loud. <laughs> yeah. And, well, and I could take some declassified documents, and some of them are so shocking. This is what the government says they did, and I would have trouble getting a layperson to actually believe me. For instance, there was a test where there was a believed link between a mother and the uh, offspring where they thought that if a mother rabbit would have one of its, something traumatic would happen to one of its uh, offspring, that it would know instantly and react. And so I believe they had separated the baby rabbits from the mother rabbit. And so it was supposed to see if it was an, a way of instant communication. And so they you know, one of them might be like maybe the mother rabbit was on a sub under the water somewhere across the world and the baby rabbits from another location. And so on the test, they would viciously murder, you know, baby <laughs> rabbits to see if the mother could detect it, you know, half a world away or whatever. And it's so crazy. It didn't work, of course, but it's so crazy that you go tell someone about this, you could go read them the document, like, ah, yeah, whatever. You know, a lot of people would I think even I know what's it. Th what that it's, um, it's too shocking. Remember. Yeah. They were trying to, this, I, yeah, it was working on some mind. Maybe it was, yeah, it was something. around, uh, what was it? The, trying to remember the movie name. that was, took inspiration from mm. the, what is it called? The men that stare at goats, I believe, where it talked about some of the crazier stuff in the NSA where they were looking at, I mean, of course, hypnosis, but also if people could stare at something and make something happen. In Einlight, that's not, a, that's, that's probably the child's play to everything else that's been going on. Yeah, I mean all the different drugs, you know, the MK Ultra. We're giving people a yeah. Bunch that's what MK Ultra. That's what I was thinking about M MK Ultra. It was yeah. more than soldiers just climbing up trees and laughing their butts off. You know, I got. I guess they were actually giving some. Some of these tests were done on, you know, involuntary participants who didn't even know it was happening, and they would slip some of this into people's drinks at parties and whatnot, and observe what would happen and how much they could be. Cool coaxed to th you know think this way or think that way but i th think it turned out terrible i think someone maybe had fell off a building or jumped off a building because they lost a uh, grasp of reality with criminals getting more sophisticated for instance there was a whole ring of encrypted phones that criminals were using the feds you know or say whoever it was compromised those and then they started catching people but as these things get more sophisticated you had brought up something that would be very concerning if the criminals start using it is that with this face detection, like you're saying you could just download it from GitHub and if they're recording a lot of the faces of people at certain points or people are interacting with, if there's an undercover informant, if that face is in the database, they could pull it up. Yeah, they can use um, AI to do a image search, like a reverse image search of that person and see um, who is that person, would that person been in any specific areas or agencies or just to see if they're actually who they say they are. For instance, I know one of the Mexican, Mexican cartels, I don't remember which ones, but they created their own cell network. They expand right up to, into Texas as well. So they'd be, be able to know what's going on and keep, so they don't depend on, dependent on any other carriers. So they have their own cell network and everything. So could even the, feds if they had a stingray could they even fake in there because if it's their own network it could be advised to any network, never 
any network can be hacked. Authorized node, or and would it be more difficult? It's it depending on depending on how they set it up. But any network can be hacked. There's no such thing as a one hundred percent secure secure network. Because every node is vulnerable yeah. at some point. Yeah, even if you get access to another, say, a cell phone that's on the network, and I'm not sure what their their processes or good their technology behind the network is, but even if you just get a cell phone from one of the bad guys and you spoof their um, their SIM card, if they're using a SIM card, uh, you can listen into certain conversations on it. Or if you can get someone, if you can um, get someone to to flip, flip on someone um, to get if they can get into the data center. But I would I would I would think they would actually have their data center be pretty secure. But gotcha. if you can get someone to get in there and say, put a, a, a flash drive in one of the USB ports and just run an auto program to, to launch automatically, that's then one it's way. Game over. Yeah. But honestly, uh, then again, if they're using a cell network, if they're going to be doing that, they're, they're because they're not using well passwords protected. to log on to that network. So you're saying by mm. spoofing that phone, it could basically take the identity of that phone, uh, that phone and you yeah. could. You know, as an imposter, record and just get onto that network and mm. pretend you're that You would be able to phone. do much, but at least you can listen on some conversations. Um, but if you can get to one of the cell networks, one of the cell sites, then you can do a lot more because you're still going to have some computers there that process the signal that goes in and out. Okay. Yeah. Because I know, like, with cops or some of the NSA organizations, they're usual thing is they catch one person and then that person becomes the next informed. People say they would never give in. They would never, you know, say who's involved with this or that, but that's how they get most people. Like they will literally get someone's mother to rat on their child or someone's, you know, brother to rat on their other brother. And they're just a secret informant working them for a while. I'd be afraid if, you know, if you had something similar like that, if, you know, the cartels kept someone alive for a while and said, Hey, I need to know all your other informants, which I think you know, maybe a lot of those cops probably wouldn't give them up and they'd probably just be executed. But boy, it's just a scary, scary future out there. Yeah, if they're building cell phone networks. That's kind of crazy. So yeah, that's not yeah. such a leap to yeah, say, so hey, they would be recording some faces. Using, uh, yeah, using AI. So they build a cell, cell phone network, that's nothing to them. So And using AI with it as well, that's just game over, basically. Well, I mean, you could even have like the app which you communicate across it would want to see the face and then someone would have to verify or something. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of different things they could do with that. And of course with facial recognition, there's, you know, obviously we've been using gate recognition for a while. And I think the Chinese got the idea from us with gate recognition. They look at how your legs move. So if you're mm -hmm. too far for it to recognize your face, it can get a pretty good yeah. indicator who you are. The body how movement you walk. postures. Um, yeah. And that makes me wonder, uh, I was talking to Chuck and Chuck had explained to me that, cops have a particular walk because they're used to having all this stuff on the side of them, you know, on that belt. So you can't just swish your arms, you know, right across your side, you know, with carefree, you know, your, your elbows and your shoulder and everything, you have to, your arms have to be a little bit further out to the side. So there is kind of a walk, you know, for people like that. And I worked in a, a factory too. If you wear really heavy boots, your legs are used to kicking out a little more to, you know, compensate for that. And there's probably a, a walk that, you know, if these AI AI could be trained, they probably could point out, you know, informants like, Hey, this is a cop or this is a fed, you know, and just, you know, I know like with, with feds too, if you have like a big crowd of people who are all, all drunk or high, and then you have like 
two or three people who are just well fit physically, you look like they work out and they got too good of a posture. And when everyone's high and doesn't care what's going on beside them, they're just awfully observant of everything around them. Like, yeah, that's, that's a fed, you know, <laughs> but yeah, they could train an AI to, to look out for, you know, some of these things and some, some undercover cop could do everything right. And he would have no idea that, you know, just some muscle memory tipped him off. And, you know, now the, you know, cartels know who you are. <laughs> yeah. That's why, um, that's why, um, undercover agents are trained differently. going to be a, uh, work undercover. Um, there are certain things you'd have to just get out of your system. Like certain. Teach you to walk like a slacker. Yeah. This, yeah. This, yeah. To act differently because criminal can tell other criminals. <laughs> yeah. Look at that. <laughs> Yeah, I think I watched one of those shows where, mm. you know, they, like, which one's the cop and the the, the ex criminal had to had to pick who it was. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I do, I will say that it is almost odd how well, out of all the people in that group, like, boy, that cop is paying way too much attention. Like, I almost kind of feel like if they don't seem like they have a little bit of attention deficit, like he might be a cop. You know, like, like why are you here slinging drugs if you can pay attention and stay on task? this well <laughs> it is a difference you know, it's more sporadic and you know the one guy is just completely control their emotions that doesn't that doesn't kind of fit the bill sometimes for someone who's living on the street when it comes to some of these deep fake emergency phone scams like hey we we have your child and of course they have the the deep fake voice of your child on the line or they have another popular one would be where they fake your child being in a car wreck and it's your child's voice saying, Hey, I've been in a car wreck. I need help. Send money now. When it comes to these people are obviously not in the right frame of mind, but it's very important that we need to verify and not trust. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to a lot of these, very often they've spoofed the number. Cause if you see the number come in from an odd number, you wouldn't believe it. And as you had mentioned to me earlier, it, where it's very easy to use one of those internet based yeah, voice uh, phone yeah. systems voice, yeah. like a VoIP. Mm -hmm. And you can just spoof that number because the responsibility... Or get a number close to it. Um, social engineering is one. Yeah. So you can get, get close to the person, the, the intended um, so-called kidnap victim. Or if the, the person, if the person has a phone. Them. Yeah. If the person has a phone, you can easily, if you can get access to their phone and um, clone their SIM card. And then you can, um, say, do something to their phone where their phone is shut down for a period oh, of time. Oh, so the, it would automatically just look like it's from them as Right, well. so it automatically looks like from them. Or if you can get access to the phone, so you say if the, the person's a child, most child's not going to have a cell phone. You know, with a child, it's very difficult. Yeah, because well, let's say, like, as a child, you, you still kind of think if you're first-year college freshman who just left home. Okay, you, you so that's more easier to work because that person would have a cell phone. Using social engineering, you can get access to the cell phone. You can clone the SIM card. If it uses a SIM card, most companies you want to get away from doing SIM card. But even then, there are always workarounds because you can still get, if it doesn't have a SIM card, you can get the, if you can get the copy of the QR code because SIMless phones as a, like a QR code, you can get, you can get that, you can still theoretically, you can still, still and clone, clone it. Phone. I haven't seen it happen yet, but it's still possible. Yeah, and I think for a lot of 
a lot of these scams, like obviously they're just a, just no, trying to get no, that is not the uh, the IMEI. If you can get access to the IMEI, a copy of the IMEI. Oh, as long as you have that number, you can copy the phone. Yeah, it's possible still can clone the phone using that. Oh, that's interesting. I think with a lot of these scams, obviously they're just trying to work up the victim real quick, get them in a distraught state where they'll send money because they think something terrible has just happened is the only way that they can fix it. And I think as long as the number coming in with most of these situations is the number of their kid's phone, they'll, they'll for the most part, they do believe it. If that number's the same and they hear their voice, they believe it's the same. And it's pretty easy to or if fake it, that it, number. Or if you can't fake the number, the voice, the voice changers, um, AI voice can, so it's so good that- It sounds like your child. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially with, with a distressed voice. Yeah. You want to- and as you explained with the, you know, using VoIP, some of those internet-based phone services, you can change that number just being a novice. Someone within a day could easily do that and figure out how to use that system. And I think that's kind of scary. And it's kind of, kind of strange that the caller ID responsibility is on the caller themselves. Like there's no responsibility on the network to verify and make sure that's correct. So if someone's calling you, like you can't trust that number immediately. So if someone says, Hey, we have your child. You just tell them like, Hey, I'm going to call you right back. I'm going to call their number to verify. Yeah. And that's the big thing that I think they're going to pull on a lot of people. If they don't have that phone, or I think they really don't want you hanging up regardless just like if someone doing a sales call, you know, that's the last thing they want. I believe that those scammers will scream and yell at you and do say about anything to get you not to hang up the phone because they, they want to make money. And that's how they think they're going to get the most money out of you is you just can't hang up that phone. Cause second like hang up that phone, you might, you know, go talk to some other person and they want that conversation just between you and them so they can manipulate you to get what they want out of you. And that's kind of the scary thing. But in those crazy situations, if people will hang up you know, call back the same number, check there, or call some other number to verify. You know, I think that would help a lot of people not get scammed in these situations. And I understand people aren't in the right frame of mind. And I kind of wish if there was a hostage or fake hostage situation like one of these, I kind of wish that you could just, you know, dial in 911 and you could bring on these emergency workers in these style situations so into the conversation because you're, as the regular person is going to be you can sporadic. you can do like a three-way call you can just um start how, a three-way call easy is it to do a three -way, pretty easy so if you're on a call you can just um start dialing the other number oh, okay. that you so want to call and press send calling in you just press send so it'll mute the other person while you talk to the other person and then you connect all three calls together okay so even even the uh least tech savvy individual could just uh, while they're on the call just click 911, hit send, and it will bring up another person. That's okay. That, uh, that would probably be a, a good situation because you need someone trained with some of this stuff because, you know, when in crazy situations, we all think we're going to be cool and calm headed, but we've seen from video footage people, yeah, it's quite a sporadic result usually and not what people imagined they would be doing. And I, I think it, it's kind of crazy too. I hear a lot of people say, Hey, look for misspellings and this and that. I, don't think we can trust in that anymore, especially in no. emails, because if they just pump it one time through chat GBT, yeah. chat GBT isn't going to be misspelling. Yeah. You, you can know. put in the worst grammar in chat GPT and tell it to fix it and they'll just fix spelling everything. And yeah, there you go. 
it's not difficult, but it's not easy to be um to prevent getting scammed. The easiest ones are usually emails. Just check the emails, check wh where it's coming from. Typically, it's gonna be some random letters and numbers. You just just toss it, just delete it. This is a scam. You're getting a call from a supposed CEO, which I've gotten those before. Um, calls and text message from CEO said, "I uh, need to." Um, get they need to get access to certain systems and especially when i've never met that person although i know that person is my boss but i've never met that person uh, or spoke to sp spoken directly to that person uh no it's uh, there's a chain, chain of command for corporation most corporation well i would say every corporation is a chain of command and no one is not going to reach it if it's especially if you're at the bottom of the barrel no one's not going to reach out to you for anything yeah, um, kind so, of wish there was some AI yeah. overlooking that would do nothing but just red flag like, hey, human being, look at this. This is a little bit odd. This domain name is similar mm -hmm. to your company's one, but your company doesn't own it. This looks strange. Or like you're saying, why is the CEO talking to this person who runs a cash register? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, also getting calls claiming the IRS is calling because you owe back taxes. IRS will never call you this. You get a letter in the mail. So you're saying the best thing would be for you to, through your own channels, is mm -hmm. hang up and go, go through your own channels, verify, maybe go through Google and find the IRS number. Not any, yeah, not any go number. To, yeah, that, go not through any Google. Number or the person gave you on this mm -hmm. phone call or especially not a link they gave you in an yeah. email because that's... Oh. I would say if the per someone called you and said the IRS, this is, is from the IRS and you'll back taxes. If you don't pay taxes, we'll be, we're going to arrest you. Okay. Um, okay, um, IRS agent, what is your name, your badge number or whatever identification number and I'll get back to you in a bit. And you call the IRS to verify everything. First of all, IRS will not call you. They will send you a letter. So it will be... Yeah. The, the scammers will stick out because the real IRS is okay with you calling them tomorrow mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's not a life or death situation that you only communicate through this one communication channel that they established first and that, you know, because the scammers, they, they, you know, they obviously don't want you calling the right number. And, uh, and more likely if it will back taxes, because this happened to me um, last year, uh, we got more than our taxes and this year when we filed tax, they took it back. So you're going to get, and then they sell a, send a letter afterwards, after oh, okay. the fact. So <laughs> there, and even if you get a letter, don't call the number on the letter. Google search the number and call that number or, or make sure the number source. is the same. Yeah. That is a very important point there. You, you are, that is a very wise point. And, and, and also again, I, again, I, I worked with a Verizon retailer, if most cell phone provider will not call you. I'm not saying everyone not going to call, but most will not call you if you have a service disruption. If you have a service disruption, your phone is your phone or your service is going to be shut off. Then so you have to make the call to them. So if someone call you and said, oh, you, um, you get your, um, there was a security breach and we need to verify your identity. We need to get your social security number and your date of birth or whatever information and just say uh oh hold on a minute let me call you back because I, I don't have it with me i'll call you when i'm and verify everything they're not going to call you if you there's if there's a service disruption um even if you get a text because you'll get a text message that said there's um 
your your past due or whatever because I've gotten those and you have to pay it. You get the text message, but even then, verify everything. Always verify going mm. through your own, right. finding the uh, phone number yourself, not anything they provided. Right. Yeah. That's a good idea. And your typical carriers, any service carrier, usually have the use the same number um, in terms of getting customer service, which is usually star 611 i believe star 611 okay for customer service most company uses star 611 for customer service i think you're also service. hinting at the person on the other side of the line if they really are from the irs will behave like a normal human being mm -hmm. and you will be able to schedule a yeah, contact with them yeah. later or they tell you to come into the office and in it's person not yeah. this high pressure situation where you feel like in the movies where they have that big bright light shining in your eyes and in you know, interrogation table. No, they're acting like real humans where, yeah, we can get back with you as opposed to, no, you need to stay on this line. We need to fix this. And right. the scammers are going to be turning pushy. it up. The scammers the, are very the, pushy. The stress. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. I, I don't think anyone from the IRS is going to immediately start yelling at me if I say, hey, I'm going to get back with you. I mean, yeah, they might say, all right, we'll send out a letter or threaten you maybe in that way if they think you're dodging your taxes. But no, yeah, I don't the, think they're. I don't think they the, care enough about their job to be screaming and yelling at, you know, just Joe Schmo in the middle of nowhere. Mm. You know, yeah, more likely if met. the IRS is involved, you're going to say the local sheriffs are going to show up at your door. <laughs> so, oh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> Glad I didn't have to know that already. Hopefully, uh, <laughs> I keep on top of things. <laughs> oh, and um, one more thing: um, the secret shopper scam. So, secret shopper scam is a scam artist seeking to take advantage of people who may be looking for additional income for, um, to make ends meet. Um, so, you have to be careful of that. And the uh, work from home. looking for those vulnerable people who just need money. And, and so the work gonna... from home scam, I've, I've gone through two of those personally. So, be, always verify everything. If someone's calling you and said, oh, they, we want to do text, chat, just, just hang up. Or just disconnect, tell them you're not interested. That has to be in person. It has to be over. at least initial phone call. Initial, initially, they should be at least do a phone call, and then a uh, Zoom or some video chat. And third, should be in person, or a initial phone call, then in person. Should be one of the two. It should yeah. be two. So before two you ever send process. money to yeah. someone, it's nice to you see someone need, in person. Yeah, you should need to send money for anything, even if you're doing a background check. I've seen there's this truck driver that sent $190 to a company to do background check, which is just a scam. Most companies would do the background check for free. They're not, you don't need to pay your own background. To do a background check is very easy. That does make yeah. sense, because yeah. I've heard of that scam where to apply for said job, send money, and yeah. that one was a scam too. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that is, that is interesting. I think when it comes to sending or 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 to pay to do medical exam because you yeah most company will pay for the medical exam themselves or or they tell you to go ahead and pay for the medical exam and then they will reimburse you so you need you will never need to send money to anyone to care background check medical exam or anything. yeah i think there's another one where they'll claim the company needs to do a random drug test on you and you mm -hmm. need to go ahead yeah. and pay that would that's following a medical exam medical yeah. okay in the middle okay yeah okay no that makes sense you know especially with a lot of these scammers any little bit of money they get just fuels them to go mm. further and then the operation and the thing is, running, is most of the countries where these up. medical for india nigeria even my own country jamaica even a hundred dollars is where it goes a long way 
$100 gets you some man hours here in the U.S., but you mm -hmm. can get more right. scammer man hours right. scammers in other places where the, it goes a little further. Now, that makes sense. Yeah, that is kind of scary, and we got to be careful because every little dollar just feeds further in the system and encourages it to grow and grow. And I think anytime, you know, it's a good indicator, anytime you have to actually send money somewhere or release value of any sort, yeah, it'd be nice to talk to, you know, to see someone in person go into the store, see human beings. And if, like, maybe if it's with your actual bank and you're going to be sending money and you know that, you know, call, go to Google and look up your bank's name and use that number as opposed to other number someone gave you or if someone had called you. You know, finding your own line of communication with those folks would be pretty vital because I, I think that's where one of the dangers is yeah do i actually have to send someone money yeah this could be a scam that's a it'd be a little more worry in those situations but or just giving up any kind of comp compromising information all right so i'm just gonna read this little thing here it says um don't be fooled just because a check looks authentic does not mean it is um scammers use modern technology can create authentic looking check embezzled embossed um, with name and logos of actual companies, banks. Further, just because a bank deposits a check and make the funds quickly available, soon thereafter does, um, does not mean that the check is legitimate. Federal rules requires the bank to make deposit available to consumers quickly, often the following business days. Um, ultimately, a check, even a legitimate one, is worthless until the bank that issues the check clears. So just be careful. So you're saying that a check is good enough, but still fake. They could right. go ahead and put money in your account. You take said money out, you spend said money, but then the bank can come back like, hey, you owe this you money. This money. This. Yep. Was, was it usually take a day or two to officially clear? It, it takes, depending on the, the, the banks, usually 24 to 72 hours it take for a check to clear. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. uh, Even if you deposit a check, if, do, it's still money in your check, but it's still going to be on pending. So you oh, still okay. have access to that money if you want it, but if you spend you that money, you better be careful. Huh? Yeah, God, that's scary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I know even buying and selling stocks. You know, you say you bought this stock or something, but really, it takes another day to. I believe they call it settlement. It yeah, takes settlement, another yeah. two days for settlement, mm -hmm. and that's kind of frustrating to verify the identity of such. You know, this security was traded for X amount of money, and this between these parties, like. We know, they know the customers. It's just frustrating. It takes two days and people have to wait for those funds to get there. Some, some companies might, exchanges might float some of that money mm -hmm. in good faith, Yeah, but a lot of them won't. And it just, it drives me insane because with, with crypto, they say, oh, it takes a little bit for some of this stuff to be done. But like, they, people don't understand. Crypto's crypto, fast, yeah. it's doing the equivalent of settling. Mm -hmm. you know, like, it may look like I sold this stock instantaneously. It's not another two days until I get the money for that in my account where I can do anything with that money. You know, and then it's stuck in that account. And if I want to actually get the money out and spend it, it'd take you, you know, even more time to get it out of there. But yeah, yeah, with crypto, you're, they're basically settling sometimes within minutes or seconds. And you can actually start doing stuff with that money. Mm -hmm. It's not pending or settling, you know, behind the scenes. That's, that's where I'm seeing the future goes right now. Um, I know the U.S. has want to do a their own digital currency as well, which is scary. Yeah, um, it's it's going there because honestly, there's a lot of power there. Government it's, loves it's power. Already, put it this way: it's already digital because there's billions of dollars in circulation, and I would say ninety percent of it is digital. 
Yeah. And most of it's in the form of, of debt. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when money comes into our economy, someone has to convince a bank like, hey, I have a good enough reason for a loan. They give that loan, money's created. And then as you pay that loan back, that money is supposed to go ahead and go back to the Fed, and then they go ahead and destroy that money. But when there's more money circulating out there, more loans to more companies, yeah, it's, it's gravy. There's more money everywhere. And so everybody's happy until everything crashes, of course. But I greatly appreciate all of your insight and wisdom that you've shared with us over the years. Um, you've obviously seen a lot, so thank you. Uh, you're welcome. It was a... Uh... You know, sometimes you don't realize you have certain knowledge until you, you start to start talking to people. I'm like, oh. Until someone like me asks yeah. you a million questions. <laughs> well, it was a pleasure, and I do enjoy this um, conversation. Same here. I appreciate yeah. it. I hope you, uh, it'd be nice if you had a chance to come on again sometime. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Definitely.